Hi, everybody, and welcome to That's Life, where even we watched Game 7 of the NBA Finals, and even we were rooting for LeBron. Good morning, folks, and thanks for listening. I'm Miriam Wallach, blogger, writer, general manager here at the Nachum Siegel Network. You can find me here right after Allison and right before Nachum's live lunch. The live lunch today will be hosted by Avrami. Tune into that, of course, at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Coming to you from the home of the Nachum Siegel Network on the beautiful Lower East Side of Manhattan. Boker Tov to Yoni. Morning. How are you? Things are good. Yeah? Hey, enjoying the heat wave? <laughs> the heat wave. I mean, today is a little, uh, it's a little wet. It's a little something. Seems like it'll be. But, yeah, but you know what? It's still not what's going on in the uh, in the the crazy was the Midwest, right? Is having this terrible heat wave in the Midwest, the South, back home from Houston. I heard uh, last Shabbos was hundreds. Are you serious? Yeah, I think Nahum said that a lot yesterday was at a hundred and eight. Okay, that's not bad. I mean, Houston's that's a little different. That's not bad. That's not bad. It's eighty seven. Houston's a little different because it's humid. Right. It's not a dry heat. So. What does that mean? Can somebody explain that to me? Hot isn't hot. No, dry heat, I mean, is... It's is, such a something. It just, it's like a travel agency line. Don't worry, it's a dry heat. It's something your mother says. <laughs> what does that mean? Just, you just feel it on you, like the stickiness. It's right. Just, I mean, I love it. It's great. I'd take that over, <laughs> over winter any day here. <laughs> you're like my neighbor. You're yeah. the guy who complains every time he has to shovel. Basically. So you're going to move back eventually? At uh, some point, maybe. Oh, my word. Come on, you love it here. You were meant to be a New Yorker. No, I'm a Southern guy. <laughs> You do y'all every once in a while. Y'all all the time. Yeah, let's try and make sure that doesn't happen on the air. That's embarrassing. Uh, if you're a new listener to the show, thank you for taking a break from your day to tune in. If you're a returning listener, thanks as always for making us part of your day. Follow us on Twitter, Nahum Siegel Net, all one word. Miriam L. Wallach, also all one word. By the way, check out the new homepage. Uh, I haven't gotten too many comments. Yoni, you worked actually very hard on the new homepage. I thank you and Jamie very much. And of course, Josh, Avrami, everyone else who's had tremendous input. It has been a, a team effort. That is for sure. But have you gotten a lot of good feedback? Have you heard from people? Um, personally, not though. I mean, I know every time I look at it now, I love it. It's just great. Yeah. And you know who contacted me the other day to tell me they thought it was great? No. Rusty Brick. Ooh. Is that the ultimate compliment? They're awesome. like, they wrote something like, looking good, guys. I was like, yes. That's that great. is the ultimate compliment. Let's do the fortune cookie. So we have a very special, I, I, I shudder to call him a guest. Certainly more of a co-host. All right, but here we go. Success is a planned event. That's what Confucius is telling me. Success is a planned event. Well, isn't that awkward? Wouldn't everyone just plan success if they could get a load of it? All right, that's weird. Anyway, but thank you, Confucius. It is International Widows Day today. It is Let It Go Day. I wonder if that has something to do with Frozen. You don't know. We're going to have to research that. By the way, if Avrami was here, he would be researching that. I'm just, I'm just saying. It's Pink Flamingo Day. Do you know why flamingos are pink, Yoni? No idea. Do you know why you don't know this? Because you don't have little kids who read bizarre little facts on the internet. Because they eat shrimp. Ah, and the shrimp make them pink. It all makes sense. Exactly. It's also Public Service Day, SAT Math Day, not a day I ever want to celebrate. It is Typing Day, something I do every day. And it's Runner's Selfie Day. What up, all my runner friends? Yeah, so if you didn't already see it this morning, you can check out my uh, my selfie, my running selfie from this morning. Yep, had another good run. It is good weather for running. You are listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network, and I am joined today by my boss, 
Nahum Siegel is here in the studio joining me today on That's Life. Hello, Nahum. Hello, hello. How are you? Good morning. And a good morning to you. This is an unusual and slightly uncomfortable uh, Ready situation. Ready for all your uh, insightful questions. Yes. And the reason, by the way, our listeners, are, I'm sure, are wondering why in the world we have this setup today. Do you know why I invited you on? No, I don't. Oh. Please enlighten Thank you. me. Thank <laughs> you. I'm happy that this was a significant week in your life. But four years ago, we celebrated the official hiring. It yeah. wasn't the launch. The launch was September 4th of that year. This was the week that the four years ago you were announced as the general manager of the Nahum Siegel Network. And the world has never been the same. The world has never been the same, that's for sure. Right, but I don't think it's because of... The world's adjusting. <laughs> it continues to adjust like an earthquake with the tremors, the after, <laughs> what do they call aftershocks. I'm in aftershock? The aftershocks Thanks continue, so much. continue to... I have been called worse, but aftershock <laughs> is up there. We're going to put that, that post-it note here on the wall. So yes, four years ago, um, I was hired after bullying Nahum to... Am I wrong? I don't know if you're right or wrong. I don't know if I'd say that on the air, but okay, well, go ahead. <laughs> I, I just, just, I'm not sure that Yoni knows this story, though. I think it is. Well, it wasn't a bullying case. It was, a, it was, it was an ultimatum that if you really, I if, if bullied you, if you're really seriously considering hiring me, I, I need an answer, yes or no. Was, right, exactly. If there's ever a time for you to hire, figure out how to hire me full time, the time is now. Right. Yes, and I know exactly where I was. Do you know where I was when I tweeted when I texted that to you? Gourmet glot. No, good guess, but no. <laughs> It would be another answer, good guess. This is the answer to every question of where I am when this happens, Gourmet Glot. <laughs> what is, you know, I'm not. Okay. Another guess? The gym. Closer. I was at Yankee Stadium. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. I'm not sure why Yankee Stadium and the gym are synonymous to me. Oh. Places I like to be. Athletics. Exactly. So, yes, I was at Yankee Stadium and had just, you know, had my moment and decided to. Give you a put up or shut up kind of a situation. Wow. Yeah, sorry that. about that. I don't remember it like that at all. Imagine I know. That. You remember it as roses and birds chirping and Well, I don't know about that. I just don't remember it being such an ultimatum, but uh, well, I, think I it... thought it was a calculated decision on my part, frankly. Right. And for me it just took a lot of guts. To take the job? No. To talk to you that way. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying to myself, no, I don't think it no. took guts to take the job. No, it certainly did not take guts take guts to take the job, but it has certainly been interesting and exciting and remarkable for the last four years. So I can tell you... I wonder if we sat down. I'm yeah. sorry. To no, no, no. I insist that you do. We and are this, And this is actually a good exercise, I think, okay. in general, although frankly, every time you and I discuss that we need X amount of time to explore certain topics, we never have the time because we're working on a million different things, but I wonder what would happen if we would sit down and write a list of what it was we wanted to accomplish on that day four years ago when you were hired. Like if we would if we would sit down and just reflect on the goals that you and I set for the world of Jewish radio, for the world of the network, etc. And I wonder how close four years later we've gotten to that and how fast we've gotten to it or you know how slowly we've gotten to it, depending on what the situation is. I think it would be a good exercise because um, goals are ever-changing. But you think you'd be able to think back to what where we were, our headspace was four years ago? I believe that I'll give you one example. Okay. And you could tell me if I'm right or wrong. Your I'm memory crazy. is better like that than Well, mine I'll give is. you an example. Okay. I am confident without have without remembering specific details. I am confident that in those days in those days, we we looked at the program schedule as the most important goal of the network. And I, I'm sure of it. In fact, in fact, it was probably 
dominating the first year of our existence was the was you know probably the first thing that we would be thinking about on you know on a regular workday was the program schedule and not to minimize the program we have now which is wonderful but there, but other projects and considerations have really um which I don't think we would have envisioned 4 years ago have really replaced a program schedule, I think, as the number one vision and priority. That's, I think, one example. You agree with that or not? I definitely agree with that. It's an interesting perspective also because I do remember spending so much time. Oh, on the program. So much time on programming and also so much time on, on finding the right host. I mean, even once we came up with the right concept. Right. And there were certain hosts that were, I mean, you've said this before, and this is true about people you have on to interview, et cetera. You put them, you put somebody with a microphone, it may or may not work. You have somebody who's a prolific speaker, who right. speaks nationally, right. who's, you know, so popular. Everyone thinks they'll be a great host. Forget about it. That is why I always, as an aside, I always try to manage people's expectations and I've gotten better at this I have to admit over the years but it took a long time I'm old already but I have to I have to manage people's expectations that just because somebody is on radio does not mean that they are going to be a great public speaker or that they'll be able to tell a story well or convey something in as interesting a fashion as they do when they're on the air it is so different I I mean on the air if you're effective and really do something well, it could take eight words to do it, to do that thing well. Eight words doesn't make it in the world of public speaking. No, but I think that you're 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 hitting such a such an important topic because it's I I can speak to that personally. I think I do much better on the air than I do when when in a crowd. Mm-hmm. I am able, even though I'm completely inarticulate right at this moment, trying to formulate the right words and just get it out. I am vastly more articulate on the air than I am in front of a crowd, even with the prepared speech, even with the papers in front of me, whether it's the delivery, whether it's the interaction, I haven't the foggiest idea. And there's a vibe in the room that you yeah. can't create here, you can create your own. I also think that I'm more effective in media in general than I am in person, whether it's on TV or on the air or whatever it is. It, I'm better doing this than I am speaking to a crowd. I love still working with students on the occasions that I get to work with students, come into a classroom, do a seminar with them, some kind of a workshop with them. I had this great opportunity to work with middle school students who were preparing for um, a, a, a Holocaust um, project in which they were doing interviews, etc. <clears throat> and that was a lot of fun to work with students of those ages. But on a consistent basis, I'm so much better here than I am speaking somewhere publicly okay i mean i don't know if one can self-evaluate like that and and draw a, well i just did and draw but a I'm, hard conclusion but uh but i think that that is not the case for you i think you are incredibly effective speaking publicly it's just not the nachem siegel who's on the air well it's different it's, right. it's a different task and a different goal and generally like i say a totally different vibe um yeah i'm not sure I'm not sure about the. Uh, I think the point you made earlier, though, is so is so important that people don't realize how different radio is, and every medium is different. And I think there are probably writers who are great fiction writers who can't write an op-ed for the New York Times. 
right. um, you know, and things like that. And and I think the point you made earlier about people being international, you know, part of international speakers bureaus, and then you, I mean, I, I, <laughs> I, I not to belittle him because I don't mean to, but you know, Henry Kissinger, has, I, I think is a great example. He can be compelling in certain arenas, and he could be as boring as anything in other arenas. So I don't know. Just, I'm just giving. Is one he example. great on the air? I don't see him as a as a great radio guest. Uh, he's done pretty well in sit down interviews on television. I don't know how he would be on the radio. It's a good question. I never heard him on the radio interview. But it's an interesting point to think about where we were four years ago. Things that we found were important. I also didn't appreciate in terms of the scheduling and what, the way we look at our schedule just how vital the the music selections are, the music mixes are, and how programmatically they work very well within what we're doing. As 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 you and I discussed at a meeting a couple of days ago, I feel the need to explain to people that our music is not filler. It's not that we can't find more talk radio shows for those time spaces. It's those those blocks of time are specific, specifically dedicated to music because we are trying to meet the needs of our listening audience and trying to reach some kind of balance between the talk and the music and also to understand and be true to the fact that Nachum Siegel equals Jewish music. We don't want to and we didn't want to lose that identity, lose that that characteristic, right. that part of your persona in building this network while while still trying to provide this new angle of content that the Jewish world was not used to. Yeah, and there's no question that music has been, like I always say, the basic staple of what I've been doing for so long. And again, as you just said, not for uh, any, any negative reasons, but for very positive reasons. And obviously with Mark Zomik's help, we've been able to really create not just uh, music blocks and music mixes that appear on the stream, but music mixes that appear on the app. Uh, specialty music mixes that he's put together, and you know, and you know, you know when it's Friday, you know when it's Arab Shabbos mm-hmm. on the stream, you know when it's Arab Yontav on the stream, you know when it's Rosh Chodesh on the stream, you know when it's you know any special occasion, and all that is you know there's a lot of forethought in it. So yeah, the programming was a very, very. We thought it would be the most important thing, and again, to a degree, it is, but. But there's so many other things that have gone on that are so vital and important and, you know, goal-driven here that uh, I don't think we would have seen four years ago. And in going back to the comment before about taking risks, and my taking this job was certainly not, you know, it wasn't a, I, I wasn't taking a risk. Okay. You, on the other hand, in hiring me, both with my personality God bless me, and the fact that, <laughs> and by being a woman in this industry, that was a risk. Uh, yeah, I guess. I, I guess it, it's what's funny is that most people around me, um, advising me about whether to hire you or not, and I'm talking about people We're screaming, "Run, run!" And I'm talking about people who are who are really close to me and very important to me. None of them, none of them that I could think of made any issue of the fact that you were a woman uh, and saw that you could bring to this whole effort something, you know, different, full of energy, um, you know, a real shot in the arm, a shot in the collective arm. And 
See, but I don't think that the I, I hear you on that. The the I've said numerous times that the support system that I walked into oh, welcomed me with opened arms. Right. The 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 comment from everyone was just tell me what you need. Just right. tell me what you need. And that was great. But I don't mean in terms of the people who support you. I mean the people we go into meetings with. Right. Well, we walk I, into meetings. I think it took some time. Yes. Some... Well, first of all, I take time to get used to, you know, people take time yeah, to get used to me. It, it took time for people to realize that I'm being represented by you and that, you know, in general, first of all, that I was being represented by anybody was a big shock to some people and continues to be for some, frankly. Um much too well whatever i i think that that's <laughs> i think that that's one consideration um and it's funny because as i was going through this whole transformation and and this new arrangement so to speak it it did strike me how there were more of these types of meetings taking place in the jewish community than not in other words it wasn't it wasn't uncommon for meetings that I had in the last 10, 15 years, it was not uncommon for a principal in the meeting to be a man and the person they were working with or that was you know, their, their partner in this project, whatever the case may be, to be a woman. Even in the, in the quote-unquote very firm world, it was not that unusual. That happened more often than people think. So it, was, it wasn't the most drastically, you know, um, Drastic. It wasn't the most drastic change to set up like this, but yeah, for some people it has been. It has been. Uh, I mean, for some people, a re-education. Yeah, some, shall we say? Some people are not used to the idea. Let's put it that way. Right. There was. There were certain people. Uh, I have gotten very few uh, cold receptions in the last, I would say, year. Yeah. Certain people took getting used to. Right. Right. Certain people, because of where they're coming from, both in a personal life and in their business world, if they're not interacting with too many women in managerial positions, right. they find it awkward right. to to work with me. And even when you would refer them, please talk to Marion Wallach. Right. Marion Wallach handles this or whatever. It would still be the, no, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. That's, my, that's one of my favorite lines. It's fine. Right. No, it's not fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's fine for you, but no. I hear that. I hear that. Even when we ha- we went to this wonderful event for uh, Tepperberg Winery this week. Right. And I was- um, Where there were many Jews and non-Jews. Correct. Many Jews and non-Jews. And it was to feature Tepperberg. Mm-hmm. And it was at um, a particularly trendy and a hot restaurant right. in Brooklyn. And um, we do, of course, thank the Herzogs for inviting us that evening. Uh-huh. And it was it was a f- fantastic night because not only is Tepperberg a family business in sixth generation, but the Herzogs, they themselves are ninth generation. And there's a tremendous amount of history and pride in that room. But you look at the room and not only was it filled with Jews and non-Jews, all who were interested in kosher wine out of Israel and drinking these high-end wines, but you look at the women in the room. Nobody was there as a plus one. Everyone was just there from a business end, and you were not asked. To, you were specifically told you are not bringing a guest. Right. Okay. So it wasn't like a women were there as spouses. Women were there because they are very heavy, getting heavier into the wine and spirits industry. And speaking to one person who works for a very well known um, wine magazine. She said that when she started in the industry, she was literally the only person wearing a skirt 
in office, in, in the office and in meetings. There was no one else. There were no other women around. So she found comfort in the fact that she looked at the room and there were women there. And then speaking to the manager of the restaurant, he said that the person who manages his bar is, is a woman. His chef is a woman. And his executive chef right. is a woman. And there's something else. Yeah. We were sitting across from a Hasidic oh. woman who owns... A liquor store. A very well-known liquor store. And not in Brooklyn or Monroe or Lakewood or Williamsburg. In Queens. In Queens, which is very cool. Right. She was very cool, and we were told on the hush-hush that she- Right. That she certainly is- She knows her wine. She knows her wine, and you could also tell, like, just sitting across from her, watching her interact with the wine, with the glasses, etc. She wasn't faking it. You and I fake it. (laughs) We've been schooled well enough by Jay Buxbaum and everyone else, and the the people at Carmel and anyone we have sat with, how to get by in a conversation about wine. But she was clearly experiencing it, and it it was- Truly cool to watch. And even the gentleman who was sitting next to me, he was a, a black man who owns a, a liquor store in Brooklyn. and Jewish neighborhood. And, yeah. And he says to me, he goes, I said, so you know what time Shabbos starts? He goes, yeah, there's a shul next door. I mean, <laughs> boom, down with the lingo. But again, it just showed, I know I'm off on a tangent, but it just showed. Oh, this has been one long day. This has just showed the, the, the extent that the community has evolved. No question. And so when I joked with the general manager of this restaurant that, um, that he has surrounded himself with women. He said, yes, you know, he, he often looks to his girlfriend and, and other women in his life who have been giving him business advice for, for new perspectives. And I said to him, yes, because sometimes instead of banging your head into the door, it's just easier to open it. Right. And he smiled and he knew exactly what I was talking about. And so you and I joke about glass ceilings and people have talked about glass ceilings and Hillary comes up in every glass ceiling conversation. And whether or not that's a reality, frankly, is irrelevant because I still believe that four years ago you set up a situation to break a glass ceiling. Hmm, interesting. I didn't expect the four-year anniversary discussion to turn into a one on feminism, but uh, I don't know that it is one on right, feminism. Right, I understand. And I or a feminist advancement. I don't mean that in a political went, fashion. We had yeah, an advancement. Somebody at, we went to a lunch at somebody's house, and somebody says to me, "So, Miriam, you're a feminist." I'm like, "That's a four-letter word." So he said, "He's like, what do you mean?" I'm like, "I'm not taking I'm no not, agenda." Right, I have no agenda. I'm just going about my day. I sit behind the mojito just like everybody else. Like, I, I don't have an agenda. I do my job and I love my work. And that's really where it ends. But going back to the beginning of the conversation. Ah, yes. And when we're talking about things that we never could have imagined going on because right. we were so focused on X, Y, and Z, could you in a million years have imagined if I said to you four years ago, you know what? I think we should go to Paris. <laughs> All comes down <laughs> to th- Paris. It is. Because when when we first started talking about Paris and then brought in the next circle of people to start talking about Paris. The comment I kept on, on on giving was, we're ready for this. And I truly believe that we were. We were right well, for look something at, like look that. Well, look at the attitude toward, uh, look at the attitude to the Nahum Siegel Network compared to year one of year four. Uh-huh. I mean, now people know that this is an entity that's, that's I mean, frank, I don't explain what fra- I do Frankly, anymore. we had a meeting this week about our next project and, you know, it, it's, it's, it's not nearly as difficult to sell the accomplishments of what we're doing here, thank God, uh, like it used to be. Right. And uh, you know, when we tell people we are getting international attention, they believe it. Number one, it's true, but they understand that there are interested parties around the world that are paying careful attention to us, and that's listener and you know, and sponsors alike. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, I never would have envisioned that. And you know, it's funny because this is all an outgrowth of the desire to broadcast from other places and to make an impact by, by broadcasting from other places. Um, the Paris thing was something that we both thought, you know, individually, independently, somehow has to be commemorated by us. We end up concluding that it's going to be, you know, on the first year anniversary of the hyper attacks. And then we expanded from broadcasting to a major event that had a real impact. So it's like, you know, it's it really is hard to believe. And I don't think four years ago we could have ever envisioned this. I just sent an email to somebody about season five. Yeah. About broadcasting from a particular location for season five. Right. Just writing <laughs> season five was a completely, like, out-of-body experience. And most businesses have five-year plans. I shouldn't say that. Businesses are supposed to have five-year plans. And <laughs> and a lot of people, in fact, do. Some people have personal five-year no, plans. But when we, t- we had five-year plans. Right. And I'm wondering, that's why, again... I would have torn it up at this point. I do you guess. remember what I wanted for five years? Yes, that's right. true. Throw it out. <laughs> that's true. Throw it out. That's true. It's so ironic. It's so ironic. Well, now we're having a completely inside baseball conversation and no one knows what we're talking about. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network, wrapping up a fascinating That's Life here with Nachum Siegel, the president of the Nachum Siegel Network, host of Jamin AM and my boss and truly my mentor as well talking about the last four years, and certainly, please God, the next God knows how many years here of the Nachum Siegel Network. We have about a minute left. That's it? Wow. <laughs> time flies. Good when sign. You're, yeah, good time sign. Time flies when you're having fun. Amazing. And here's the question. Where do we see each... We know what our next project is. We're working on that. Yeah. But I wonder, four years from now, if we had a goal now, are we going to be able to look back four years ago and say, I can't believe that's what we were focused on? Are we going to have the same conversation in four years? Are our priorities going to completely change? Um, well, the priorities are likely going to change because of the ever-changing world that we're in right now. Um, I would hope that four years from now there is a much more obvious connection with the network and Israel. I think that's something that has to be worked on. Um, I think we're very far away from it, even though some observers and people involved with us would say otherwise. But I think we're far away from it, from where I'd like to see it. And um, I think the other, the other effort that has to be uh, promoted for four years from now or over the next four years is really, truly uh, reaching people in remote places to, mm. to tune into us and appreciate our content. Um, so obviously, especially the English speakers out there. Uh, and I think there's a lot. Of, I mean, this is, it, it's such a small world, but it's such a big world. Right. There's so many cities to visit both radio-wise and you know physically to actually go and, and be part of different communities. It's endless. I mean, this, we, we have touched the tip of the iceberg. That's the bottom line. And uh, who knows? I mean, the next four years, I hope we can expand like crazy on this whole thing. Well, happy anniversary to you. Thank you. Happy anniversary to you. And to thank you for the last four years and looking forward to the next... <sighs> How many? <laughs> I don't know. Leave let's, that let's, blank. Let's take it one at a time. <laughs> Thank you, Nachum. You've been listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network. The live lunch starts in just a few moments. My thanks to Avrami for subbing in for Nachum today. The stunt show at 1 o'clock, hosted by Mark Zomick. Sounds like Mark Zomick is going to be playing some of his favorite 
workout songs. If you are not familiar with the workout section of the app, you certainly should take a listen. JM and the AM tomorrow morning, 6 to 9 in the morning. Malcolm Holmline joins Nahum tomorrow morning at 7.40 a.m. Table for Two, another wonderful presentation, starts at 9 a.m. with Naomi Nachman. And a shout-out to the Naomi to Naomi Nachman and her entire family, to Tzvi, and, of course, to the Kalasimi on their wedding this weekend. Mazal Tov. We leave you today with Schar Mitzvah by Mordechai Shapiro. We'll pull that up in the background. A shout-out to the Wallet kids who love this song, who are enjoying their first full day off from school and are probably still in pajamas. That's life, everybody. Bye, guys. Hey, the sail, boy, the mother, boom, stop it.